Hey everybody, it's Charles from HumbleMechanic.com. Today we're talking about Volkswagen reliability. Is it really a problem or is it just our perception? This is episode 16 of the Humble Mechanic Podcast. This is a really good show and it's one that had gotten a lot of comments, oddly enough, and uh, a pretty good amount of views for being such a young show at the time. It actually came off the heels of one of my most commented on blog posts, that I wrote very early in the Humble Mechanic blogging world. And it's interesting to go back and listen and read all my notes from, you know, a little under three years ago to kind of where my head's at today. And there are some things, and for the most part, I feel exactly the same way as I did when I recorded this episode. As you know, though, VW has had a little bit of a black eye with a few knucklehead things that they've done. So I'm sure my opinions changed just a little bit, but I do stand behind what I said in this show and talking about the actual problems that cars have versus the way that we as consumers, as owners, or as fans of a brand really do perceive them. Hey, if you guys are digging on these audio-only versions and going back in time listening to the old shows, as well as having the new audio shows come out, consider supporting the show and joining the crew membership program. This is a premium membership set up for you to get exclusive content, discounts you can't get anywhere else, to places like Eurowise, MT Knives, Sonic Tools, Eastwood, MyCanic, and more. You also get access to the VW Audi training manuals that we build for the classes that I teach. If you were to buy one of those manuals or attend a class, it's going to cost you 355 bucks. You guys get that included with your membership for free. You can also support the show on Patreon or the easiest way is to use my Amazon affiliate link. Mash that link, buy what you are going to buy on Amazon, and I get a little bit of credit for it. And of course, all of those links and more is in the description on the blog at HumbleMechanic.com. So the reason I really wanted to talk about this today uh, is, is based on a few messages that I got over the weekend. Um, I got two separate messages from people in... Uh, one was an email from someone that bought a brand new Golf, and she was excited to get this new car. She had totaled her other car, and she's telling people, and her mechanic said she made a big mistake, and now, you know, that leads her to read a bunch of stuff uh, online, and she's reading all these negative things, and now she's freaking out that she has just purchased a money pit. Um, and, and, you know, when you spend, you know, I don't know, $30,000 on a new car, and then three weeks later, everybody's telling you, you you made a big mistake and you spent, you know, 30 grand you shouldn't have or, you know, squandered $30,000. That, uh, that can really hit home. The other one was an email I got from someone that basically asked me why I decided to be a Volkswagen technician uh, and how I can be someone that, you know, acts as an advocate for the brand or promotes the brand instead of warning people about the brand and all the problems that it had. I, I admit there's Volkswagen has their problems. I'll be the first one to step up and say, you know, <laughs> it's not a perfect brand. And uh, they get it right sometimes, they get it wrong sometimes. Um, I don't really know that I do a whole lot of promoting of the brand. You, you see a lot of things Volkswagen related to, to what I do on the page and on the blog. That's because, well, it's the world I live in. So... Um, you know, but I'm I'm definitely not one to step up on a soapbox and tell everyone you should buy a Volkswagen because it's the greatest car out there. Uh, I don't think I would say that about any car. You know, to buy what you like is really how I feel about it. So before we get into all of that, um, like I mentioned, I, I am the first one to admit that Volkswagen has their issues. I've worked on these cars for a lot of years. Um, I've seen a lot of lot of broken Volkswagens. Uh, a lot of pattern failures, a lot of common failures, and, uh, you know, uh, sort of a wax and wane in, um, 
the JD Power ranking, which is something a lot of people turn to, you know, when they when they look at buying a new car. The initial quality survey. Uh, right now, I just checked it before I came out here. Volkswagen is fifth from the bottom in uh, in overall performance. So um, I understand that, and and I'm very aware of it, and I'm very aware of how people feel negatively towards Volkswagen. So while we're talking through this whole episode, don't take this as I'm telling you you should buy a Volkswagen. We could take out Volkswagen and we could put BMW or Audi or Honda or Toyota um, or Nissan. You know, we could plug any brand in. All of this stuff remains true. I'm coming from a Volkswagen perspective, so of course that's you know that's the brand at the forefront of my mind. So. Um, so let's kind of get into to sort of sort of the meat of, of what we're going to talk about today. And uh, you know, like I mentioned, I don't intentionally, I should say, promote the brand. Um, I have an affinity for the brand. I like the brand. Um, I've been a Volkswagen fan for a long time. Um, I didn't start out that way. I did spend a few years early in my career really hating the car line and uh, wondering, kind of like the fellow that asked me about uh, about how I could work for Volkswagen. Um, how I could do it. And, you know, it's one, it's a job. And at that point it was nothing but a job. It did take me a while to really develop the, the affinity that I have for, for the brand. But, um, if you feel like I'm promoting Volkswagen in a way that, you know, you should go out and buy a new one or whatever, um, it's not my intention. And, uh, you know, like I said before, buy what you like. If you like Volkswagen, buy a Volkswagen. If you hate Volkswagen, buy a Ford, buy a Honda. You know, the, the truth of the matter is <clears throat> it doesn't really matter what you buy as long as, you know, you like it. So, um, but yeah, I do have an affinity for the brand. I think, I think there's a ton of people that do, and they may not have an affinity for today's Volkswagen, but, you know, almost everyone that you meet, someone in their family had a Volkswagen. They had a, an air-cooled bus or an old bug or, you know, an early GTI that they loved or a Ghia or something like that. So I think that kind of thing, you know, the history of the brand is really cool. Um, and you always do meet, seem to meet someone that has, has a really cool story from, from their past about Volkswagens. There's a picture of my grandparents and um, my mom and her, uh, her brother and sisters all in front of an old, uh, old air-cooled bus that, man, I, I just don't know where I put it. Um, when I find it, you guys will be, be the first to see it for sure. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, I think Volkswagen makes good cars. I have two of them right now. Um, my wife drives a Nissan. She loves that. If Volkswagen made a pickup truck, we'd probably have three Volkswagens instead of two VWs and a Nissan. So, uh, so you know, it, it's a good car for me. I love them. Um, it's a good car for a lot of people, but it's definitely not the perfect car for, for everyone. And I'm aware of that. And, um, I think most of us know that, you know, we're a Volkswagen person or we're a Honda person or we're a Toyota person. Um, there's a ton of people that have that same affinity for Chevrolet or uh, Cadillac or whatever. So the, like I said earlier, we can, uh, we can remove the words Volkswagen and, uh, and plug in any other brand and, um, all this stuff really does fit. So where does this perception uh, or fact, in some cases, really come from? Um, it, it's sort of a, a multi-pronged thing that, that happens. Um, the one that I see that stands out the most is simply the fact that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Um, you know, the loudest voices on the internet are 
complaining voices, negative voices, uh, unfortunately, because the internet's a great platform for people to be really positive and there's some amazing people doing really cool things. But when it comes to products, um, definitely the loudest voice is, is the negative voice. And I like to look at it this way. You know, if you, let's say are buying a refrigerator and, uh, you're at HH Gregg or Best Buy or whatever, you walk up and you see a Samsung and, uh, oh, I don't know, an LG and whoever else makes uh, refrigerators. Um, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to look, okay, what's the price? What's the features? Does it have what I need? And then you're going to go and you're going to look at reviews. And in all the years of me being on the internet, I've never once searched, unless it was researching something like this, for top performance. So I never researched um, awesome Samsung refrigerators. It's You always research you know, problems with Samsung refrigerators or reviews for Samsung refrigerators or issues with Samsung refrigerators. So immediately before we've, we've really developed our opinion, we automatically turn because we want to know the bad parts. Uh, we want to know what problems people have. And again, like I said, the negative voice on the internet is generally louder than the positive voice. So we initially start down the negative path to find the problems, which is fine. There's, there's really no problem with that. You know, if I wanted to buy a camera, I would want to know what problems do people have with it. Um, so we start down that path and then that leads us to, you know, Volkswagens have window problems, Volkswagens have fuel system problems, Volkswagens have water pump problems. Uh, brakes problems, you know, whatever, whatever you want to talk about problems, and a car line can have that problem. So now we've already, we've, we've developed this opinion of <clears throat> these cars have all these problems. And, uh, and to be fair, they do, you know, we, I've put a ton of fuel systems in vehicles, um, especially diesels. I've replaced a few diesel turbochargers on brand new cars. You know, I've worked on cars that roll off the truck with problems. Uh, the flip side of that is I've worked on cars with 200,000 miles on them that have had, you know, a repair here and there, but, um, you know, not nearly the catastrophic failures that, that the internet would lead, lead people to believe. Um, it, it all depends on the specific vehicle, not the brand, not the model, that individual car. Um, it depends how it was maintained. It depends, you know, the way it was treated through its whole life and, you could have a car that was maintained immaculately, every service done, never missed a beat, and it could have a transmission failure and the owner could be in, on the hook for five grand. You could have a car that was maintained enough to keep it on the road and you can tell, <laughs> you can look at the car and tell it was maintained enough just to keep it on the road. Um, and they may never have that transmission failure. So there's there's a million, a million variables that all go into the, you know, is it a fact that Volkswagens are poorly made cars or poorly designed cars or, you know, their parts are prone to failure or is it a fact in some cases and a perception in other cases? And, and you know, like, like most things, the, the real answer is somewhere in the middle of that. Um, Ford, for example, uh, a buddy of mine had a Ford Escape for six or seven years and had zero problems with it. I changed the oil on it all the time. He never had one issue with it. I bought a Ford truck and I had like 10 issues with it. So, you know, when, when you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, he's just plugging Volkswagen. He doesn't know what he's talking about. 
Um, I do because I understand. I've I've had this problem with other brands, so you know I share I share the concern that that a lot of people do have. Um, the other big thing I think that comes from Volkswagen specifically um, is there's a lot of people that really don't know how to fix these cars, and um, you know that's not a knock on the aftermarket because I've seen it at the dealership level too, uh, where you know, a car is maintained all right, but a simple problem that could have been diagnosed by someone that really knew the car line is blown way out of proportion because they didn't know the proper way to fix the car or test for repairs. So, you know, I've heard the story more times than I care to count about how uh, someone took their Volkswagen to their mechanic, you know, quote, their mechanic, and um, they went round and round, spent a bunch of money fixing it. Finally, they bring it somewhere that knows how to fix Volkswagens, and it was like a hundred dollar repair the entire time. Meanwhile, they've spent a thousand, and and I've ran into that specifically, um, that case where someone had done that and went round and round with with someone that, you know, may have been an incredible Honda technician and just didn't know how to fix Volkswagens. So, those are sort of the three, two, three main things that I really see. And then, you know, there's a lot of people that are really terrible about maintaining their car. Um, whether it's a Honda, whether it's a Volkswagen, there's, uh, there's a lot of people that, you know, they, they want to put the key in the ignition, turn it and go and never have to worry about anything. And, um, as we move to cars that are more complicated, you know, that just doesn't happen. And, and even cars, you know, 40 years ago, that wasn't the case. And, um, you know, I think cars are better built today. It's just different failures and, uh, you know, a lot of times much more costly failures. And, uh, the, uh, the fact is we don't rebuild a lot of parts like, like they did 40 years ago. You know, transmissions are a great example. Instead of rebuilding an automatic transmission, it's basically the same price, uh, or a little bit more expensive to put a new box in it and send it down the road. So, um, those are the, one of, I'm sure there's more reasons why people think, you know, a, a car line is a bad car line, but um, those are kind of the top three, top three reasons why, why I think uh, you get that idea that a certain brand, Volkswagen, like we're talking about today, is, is a really, really problematic brand. So when it comes down to it, and I think I had mentioned it early in the show, um, buy what you like. You know, buy what you like, expect to have problems with it. Budget for car repairs, budget for maintenance. Um, a, a, good, a good story is in 2006, um, my wife had a Honda CRV. It was a, I think we bought a brand new 2005 CRV. But uh, in 06, you know, I, she had been driving it and I took it on like a 2,000 mile road trip, which, ugh, what an uncomfortable road trip it was in that thing. She loved the car. It was perfect for her. It did actually have a lot of great usable space. Um, everything was easy to use. It was right where it felt like it should be for her. She had come out of a Civic, so she was used to that fit and feel of, of a Honda. Me, on the other hand, I hated the car. Um, it had no power. It was noisy. It drove poorly, in my opinion. Um, the windows made noise going up and down all the time, and, and I know those are really nitpicky things, but... Um, if you spend an hour, you know, in the car in the morning and an hour in the car on the way home, a lot of times those things can really get to you. So, uh, so we traded it in. We traded it for the Passat wagon that I have now. And, um, you know, for her at first, it was an adjustment. She, she didn't get the German engineering or the German fit and finish and feel of, of the car. 
but now, you know, she drives her Nissan truck, and uh, I don't think she could ever drive a Honda again, and that's not a knock on Honda. That's not a knock on people that drive Hondas. Um, it's just, it's, it's become her, and, uh, and it's really become us. And, you know, I, I don't mind driving her truck. It's got a ton of power. It's a blast to drive as far as power goes, but um, it's little things like the armrest is too low and it's not adjustable. And, uh, you know, I have to hold the button down for the passenger window where the Passat, it's auto down, auto up. So little quirky things like that, that I'm sure Nissan doesn't, doesn't do anymore. But, um, you know, it, it all, it all adds to the driving experience. And, um, a lot of times little things like that can, can really, make or break your experience in a car. Sort of the flip side of that story is um, I have a friend, Katie, that she drives a Corolla, and I forget what year, it's in, I don't know, in 06 or something like that, and uh, she loves this car. She's done a lot of maintenance herself, which is ultra cool, and, and she, she really, she drives a ton, so she's put a buttload of miles on it. Well, it has some sort of check engine light issue. It's something with the torque converter. Um, I haven't really dove into it too much to find out the exact problem, but you know we were we were all out. Her husband and uh, myself and my wife and I we were all out and having some beers and chit chatting about cars. And she asked me what I thought about her getting a Jetta. And um, whenever someone asks me that, I, I have to pause and and sort of craft my response because depending on the person, a lot of times my initial response is no. Uh, I don't think you should buy a Jetta, and uh, and that's what I said to her. And you could see the look on her face that she was really caught off guard by that. Like, what do you mean I'm not, I shouldn't buy a Jetta? And, and I tell her that, you know, I don't think she's the candidate for a Jetta. So again, you know, like you have to be really careful. You don't want to hurt someone's feelings about, uh, about you know, uh, a car recommendation. But I don't think it's the right car for her. Um, I know her and I know what she's expecting from her car. And she's expecting, like I said before, key in the ignition, car starts, you know, if if it doesn't ride great, but it gets her A to B, happy. If it rides great and is problematic or really quirky, that creates a bad experience for her. Whereas someone like me, the quirkiness is part of the car and, and it's fine. So, um, you know, we, we sort of joke around in the dealership about a lot of Japanese cars being more like appliances than, than true driver cars. Um, and, and that's really how, how I explained it to her is that, you know, you need an appliance to get to work A to B, that's it. You know, you're, you're not into the driving experience and, and you don't really have the patience or the time or whatever the, whatever that attribute is to deal with the quirkiness or the desire, I guess, is really what it comes down to. You don't have the desire to, to deal with that quirkiness that, uh, you know, a German car can bring or, or some, something that's not just an A to B type vehicle. So as we sort of wrap up here, um, I kind of want to finish with just this couple couple more thoughts. One, um, if you're in the market for a new car, do all of that research. Look at the negative stuff. Just always temper it with who, who's doing this review. You know, what was the problem? Was it a real problem? Was it um, a problem that in 99 other instances would never be an issue, or is it, is it legitimate? Is it um, something that, you know, is a design flaw, or was it a failure? Um, when you go to the dealership or, or wherever you buy a car from, remember they're always trying to get you to buy their car. So a salesman's probably going to always favor the car they sell, um, at least a, 
you know, a, a good one or a bad one, I guess. Um, a Honda salesman wants you to buy a Honda. A Volkswagen salesman wants you to buy a Volkswagen. A Mercedes salesman wants you to buy a Mercedes and, and on and on and on. So always keep that in mind. You know, they're going to always bring up the most positive things about the brand, the most positive things about the car. Um, for me, I don't care what kind of car you drive as long as you're happy with the car uh, and, and have sort of the same affinity for the car that you own and you drive as, as I do for the car that I drive. Um, so just, you know, keep that in mind. Temper everything. It's like reading a bad restaurant review. You know, did the waiter have a bad day? Or is the restaurant health score like an 80? And they should, be, uh, they should basically be shut down. So keep all that in mind. Um, anyway, guys, I think I'm going to wrap up there. Um, we talked about a lot, a lot of hot-button topics, I feel like. Um, you know, again, I'm not beating the drum for, for everyone to buy a Volkswagen. I'm not standing on a soapbox telling everyone that Volkswagens are the best cars on the road. That, uh, that they don't have problems, that any problem that someone has is, you know, a fluke thing or their imagination. That's not it at all. Uh, I think I do a really good job of being very honest with everyone about the problems that I see and uh, the situations that I run into. And, um, you know, there, there, are, there are problems. If there weren't problems, Volkswagen wouldn't be ranked five from the bottom on J.D., uh, overall quality. So, you know, those, those numbers may or may not be skewed, but they're there. It's in print. So, you know, we have to rely on that a little bit. Um, just keep all that in mind when you're listening to me talk about Volkswagens or looking at a picture or, um, you know, or, or any brand for that matter. Again, we can remove Volkswagen and insert any brand, uh, in today's topic. So, Keep all that in mind when you're when you're reading these things and thinking about these things. All right, there we have it. A really good chat about reliability as it pertains to Volkswagen. Is it really the problem that we make it out to be? Or are cars really as good as we want to say they are? Well, ultimately, it's up to you and how you feel about these, these problems, whether they are actual or they are perceived. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap it up there. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you know what to do. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course on Snapchat to check out the show on iTunes as well as all of your other favorite podcasting platforms. And hey, if you're digging on the show, head over to iTunes and give it a review. If you love the show, give it five stars. If, if it's all right, give it three. And well, let's not talk about a one star. I really do appreciate that, guys. All right, with that, I'm done. I'm out. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.